Welcome to Faith Church Podcast, where we are a safe place to find and follow Jesus. We're so glad you're here, and wherever you're listening from, we believe God will impact your life through today's message. Amen, amen. God is so good. God is so good. So good. Man, I tell you, uh, I love, I love baptism Sundays. Um, just hearing the testimony of Carson and Katie and how just powerful that is, uh, just the way they were able to articulate their experience with God was fantastic. Uh, and I'm so proud of them. It's just young. And I know they're young. They're, they're, they probably feel older than I'm going to give them credit for right now, but they're just, they're just young teenagers and, oh, but their ability to hear God's voice and respond to it and the way they were able to sit in front of a camera and, and articulate that was just, was just powerful. Uh, I know it challenged me. <laughs> I'm sure it challenged uh, many of you. So I'm so proud of them. Just, you can just worship. God is so good. It's so important. That's why I just, Sunday morning service is so important. Um, you know, and I know there are people that are watching online right now that could not be here and I totally understand, right? So I'm not, I'm not here to say anything. You know, I get it. I get life and I get schedules. And there's something, there's something really important about just being in the house of God and coming together with other believers to, to worship and to experience his presence in community. Uh, because that's the way we're wired to live life in community. There's just something powerful about it. And you've heard me say from time to time that, you know, God from, from time to time will supernaturally speak to people or uh, inspire people to say some things. And, and even during worship this morning, um, the Lord kind of laid upon Robin's heart to share a testimony of something that kind of took place in her life. So I'm going to give some freedom to that this morning. If you're okay with that, I'm going to have Robin come on up here uh, and just uh, very briefly share a little bit about what the Lord put on her heart this morning uh, and, and allow her to share that with you today. Uh, she's on microphone too. Good morning. Um, I just want to share because um, the last few days I had some back pain last night. It just struck me very hard. I couldn't, I was pretty immobile. And we had our two little granddaughters over to the house. And little Millie goes, Grandma, I need to pray for you. She's four. She goes, dear Jesus, heal my grandma. A little bit later, we're doing stuff. She goes, you feel better? I said, a little bit. Dear Jesus, heal my grandma. So we sat down and we had dinner. And she has been going to the preschool at St. Mary's. So they and the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And, you know, she says, thank you, God, for everything. Thank you, God, for the, the world so bright. Thank you for our food that we eat. Thank you, God, for everything. And the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Wait a minute. Dear Jesus, heal my grandma. <laughs> so out of the mouth of babes. I was, I, you know, I was kind of feeling better. I texted a few of my warrior friends. I said, hey, I need my warriors right now. I got some pain. I got some things to do. And Jackie, your cake is almost done. <laughs> I had to put that on a little bit de delay yesterday, and I have a cake for her to finish when I get home. But I just want you to let you know. And then when I came in, I came in late. I actually came in and very briefly was at my seat. And um, I just went up and praised God. You know, it's still it was still hurting, but it, right now I'm I'm complete. I mean, I, I was immobile, but I'm free. <laughs> And you know, I need, you need to testify that because God is in the healing business yesterday, today, and forever. So don't ever re think that he's not doing something. He's doing something. All right. Thank you. Blessing. Thank you so much, Robin. I appreciate you sharing that. Um, and man, isn't it awesome? Uh, the little ones, the little ones reminding us and the little ones. I, I'm good with that all day long. Uh, that's why here at this church, we believe in invest in the next generation. We believe that God speaks to everyone, not just those who are over 18. Uh, and so we believe in invest in the next generation. We really uh, believe in our kids. That's why over there, over on the other side of our building, Pastor Lisa and her team uh, are not just there to entertain kids, but they're there to teach and to unpack scripture and to help them understand who God is and to experience God, uh, even as the little ones, right? And so uh, we're just so thankful uh, right now for this church. Thank you, Robin, for being obedient and sharing that, because here's what I know. 
that there are people in this room that are going through their own struggles. It may not be back pain, but it may be something else. It may not even be physical. It may be financial. It may be emotional. It may be something else, right? Um, but your testimony today reminded them that God is able and that God is faithful. And if you will continue and persistently, right, over and over, just continue to seek God, continue uh, to be in his presence, God is faithful and he is able. And I'm so thankful. Thank you so much for uh, taking the step. She, she came up and she's like, hey, can I share something? And, and she said, uh, she's having this conversation with the Lord, right? And, you know, like we all would do. I'm not going to do it. No, you don't want me to do it. Not today. I'm not going to do it, right? She's having that conversation that we all do. And so I'm so thankful that you were obedient uh, to the Lord this morning. And I know there are people in here and even watching online that are also thankful for your obedience. Uh, can I just pray for us this morning? Uh, I know we've prayed, but um, I want to take a moment just to pray as we jump into God's word. Uh, Father, we just thank you for your presence in our lives, for your goodness and for your faithfulness, for the reality that you are there, that you do care. God, I pray that you will help us to see you today. Help us to experience you. Help us to know you more. And I pray that every, <coughs> every moment, every decision, every conversation, in this church today brings glory and honor to you. Lord, I pray that you are lifted up today. We are here to worship you and you alone. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, it is so good. I tell you, um, we are going to jump right into our Sermon on the Mount series. So if you go ahead and open your Bibles up to Matthew chapter 6, uh, we're going to get right in here in just a moment. But uh, I tell you, what, what a powerful series. I know we've heard over and over and over again uh, about <coughs> excuse me, uh, this series and how impactful it was. It's one of those things when you realize Again, the importance of this portion of Scripture, uh, the Sermon on the Mount. You know, I've said this here in this, in this room before in this series, that uh, the Sermon on the Mount is to the New Testament or the New Covenant, uh, our relationship with the Lord. Uh, the Sermon on the Mount, this portion of Scripture, is to the New Covenant that the Law of Moses was to the Old Covenant, right? It has that level of importance when you look through this portion of Scripture. When you look through these three chapters and what Jesus is teaching this moment, the things that he teaches, the principles uh, and what he's walking through capture <clears throat> in so many ways. They capture um, uh, so much of our life. It is so incredibly practical for us today. Uh, it applies over and over and over again as we're going through lesson after lesson after lesson, teaching after teaching. Uh, I think Roger said this last week, you know, uh, Jesus did this in one sermon. It's going to take us about 40, uh, but uh, it's okay. He's a better communicator than we are, right? Uh, but, uh, uh, but I tell you, and Roger, you did such a good job last week. I tell you, we are so blessed in this church to have the leadership we have. I'm excited for next week. Cody's up next week. We're excited about that. <coughs> but, um, but man, there's, there's, it's so practical for us today. I mean, it has incredible meaning. And as we jump into this portion of scripture, once again, this is just, this is a portion of scripture, the portion of this teaching that has such profound impact to, to who we are, to how we live. I mean, practical, tangible application to our life. And so before we jump into Matthew chapter 6, I do want to uh, set a couple things up here this morning. I want to read a couple things to you. Uh, you don't have to turn your Bibles there because you already have them to Matthew chapter 6. But I want to read a, a quick verse in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Uh, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, I just want to read this to you real quick. Uh, and it says this, may, Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. Again, this portion of scripture, here's what I want to pull out of this for us today. It's an understanding. It's a reality that not only that we in the church know, not only does the scripture declare, but I think uh, in, in all of culture, we would understand that we as human beings are three parts, right? Where well, there's three parts. We're, there are there are three parts of us as human beings. There is, we are physical, right? We are, we are body, we are soul, and we are spirit. 
And those are three very distinct, very specific, uh, you know, expressions of who we are. It's, it's very similar. If you, if you could spend too much time on one area and neglect the others, you will not be healthy. So when we talk about being whole, right? So we talk about being forgiven, healed, and whole. Whole is understanding the body, soul, and spirit, uh, all kind of captured together in who we are as human beings. And, and we, we use these terms a lot. I want to break a couple of things down because also in scripture, so often the Bible talks about mind and heart, right? So how often does the Bible talk about mind and heart, our mind and our heart, our mind and our heart? Like, like going to one of the verses that I read all the time is Proverbs chapter four, verse 23. My kids will know this because they'll, they'll hear me say this. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, guard your heart above all else. And this is what the Bible says. For it determines the course of your life. That's pretty powerful, right? So I tell my kids all the time, guard your heart. Guard your heart. Don't let it get your heart. Every conversation, they probably get sick of hearing me say it. Guard your heart, guard your heart, guard your heart. You know, the, the New Testament talks about the transformation. Let your, let your mind be renewed, transformed, right? The, there's, so there's conversation about mind and heart. And then we got body, soul, and spirit. And you're like, whoa, that can get confusing. So in this, in this three parts of who we are, body, soul, and spirit, the mind and heart that the scripture refers to are captured in what we would consider the soul portion of our three parts. Right, so the body portion is the physical piece. You guys see that, the, you understand the body. That's the easiest one for us to understand. Why? Because we can see it, we can feel it. You know what I mean? It's one of those things where we understand the body portion of life. Soul and spirit can sometimes get confusing for us, but spirit is really divine, uh, really captures our relationship with God. The spirit part of us is, is our relationship with God, how we interact with God. Soul, our soul, our, our conscious, our core, our soul, uh, in this three parts is what captures the mind and the heart. And this is super important for us to understand, incredibly important for us to understand, because in many ways, that's the one area that we probably, uh, and we could argue this a little bit, but just for, for, just to simplify it today, we probably have more control over the soul piece of us than we do the body and the spirit piece of us. I mean, because why? Because of mind and heart. And mind and heart, while it is transformed, God can transform it, God can renew it, God can, there is a decision element. There is a, there is a part of us that, that we make a conscious decision to. I love what Katie said. I, I love what she said when she said, you know, I've always believed in God. Did you catch that? I've always believed in God. But there was a moment, right? Did you catch, oh my goodness, she said that. I'm like, oh, that is so good. I'm gonna watch it again later on, right? Uh, because it was so good. But she goes, I've always believed in God, but there was a moment. There was a moment, and I can't remember the exact phrasing that she used. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it on. So Katie, if I misquote uh, uh, you here, I apologize. But there was a moment when she decided, right? to our language, find and follow, to, to make Jesus Lord of her life. Like there was a moment when she, I've always believed in God, but there was a moment when I just wanted to know him more. And again, I can't remember the exact phrasing, but there was a moment when it comes to heart and soul, so often there is, there's decisions applied to this. And that's why so often the Bible will give us instruction on how to guard your heart or your mind. Over and over and over again, Old Testament and New Testament, we're going to hear over and over, there's just moments of scripture where the Bible is talking about guarding your mind or watching your mind or being careful of your mind and being careful of your heart and guarding your heart and protecting your heart over and over and over again. Why is that? Because it's so important. In Proverbs chapter 4, 23, guard your heart above all else for it will determine your future or your course of life. That is, that is really, really important. And we jump into this Sermon on the Mount as Jesus is just, I mean, he's just 
truth after truth after truth as he's going topic after topic after topic. I mean, there's so much for us to capture, so much for us to wrestle with, so much for us to apply, so much for us to pray for, so much for us to allow God to work out in our lives. There's so much here, again, for us understanding heart and mind are imperative. It's imperative for us. I mean, just for us here at church to, to find and follow Jesus in every area of our life. Listen, that sounds so simple, but yet we all know it's not, right? Uh, so we can make it very simplistic. Like, hey, you know, all you got to do is find and follow, find and follow. And we kind of say it that way, finding and following, right? If you're around us very often or if you're around, you know, have conversations, I'll say, finding and following, find and follow, find and follow, find and follow. It's what I talk about all the time. Why? Because finding Jesus in the midst of life and following him through the circumstances and situations is everything, right? It is everything for us. It's everything. And let me, let me give you a picture, picture this with me for a second. I mean, take, take a moment and really just picture this. Close your eyes and picture this with me, right? Picture experiencing God's overwhelming joy and peace through every decision, situation, and moment of your life. Let's rest on that for a second. Could you imagine experiencing God's overwhelming joy and peace in every decision? Oh, man, we could stop there. Right? Could you imagine if you still have your eyes closed, you're still dreaming, wake up uh, and come back to me here for a second. Some of you guys went way off into Never Never Land there. I need you to come back here for a second. Uh, although that was great, wasn't it? Right? So, <laughs> but uh, it's one of those things where, you know, could you imagine experiencing God's joy and peace in every decision? Oh, Yes, please, right? How many of you would sign up for that today? You're like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll take that. How about this one? How about every situation? God's joy and peace in every situation or circumstance, whatever it is, experiencing God's joy and his peace in everything. Could you imagine that? Could you imagine what that would be like? Could you imagine Experiencing God's joy and his peace in every situation. And let's just, if we didn't capture enough of it there, let's throw the world every moment. And I like the word moment better than every minute or every second. Every moment. Could you imagine every moment of your life? Oh man, every moment of your life experiencing God's overwhelming joy and peace. Ah. <sighs> Right? Like, like it feels like, you know, uh, what were those old commercials? Was it Calgon, you know, back in the day? Like, it just, ah, uh, just takes it all away. Like, it just, like, you got to be over 40 to know what that's all about. Uh, so all you young people are like, I don't know what that is. But like, too bad. Wish you were older. It's, it's not always good to be young. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? It's just one of those things where you're just like, oh, what a, what a beautiful thought. What a beautiful concept. And then in Scripture, we see things like the fruit of the Spirit, like the result. I mean, think about it this way. The result of having God's presence in our lives, the result of the Holy Spirit taking residence in our life, the result, the fruit of that, that when God comes into our heart, when the Holy Spirit resides in our heart, the fruit of that, what grows out of that is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, right? Like, Oh my goodness, that's amazing. And then we've, I've used it in this, in this, uh, you know, the scripture before, the, this portion of scripture, this sermon series, the John 10, 10, that, that the enemy came to kill, to steal and destroy. But God, Jesus came to give life a full, to life in its fullness or abundant life. Like, oh my word. Yes, please. Right? Like, yes. I want more of that. 
Like, I don't think there's any person who've ever experienced God's presence that would not say, I want more of that. God is so good. God is so good. It's, it's one of those things we experience a little bit of God and it's a, I mean, we get a little bit of God. What happens when we get more of God? Right? Oh, oh, I don't know if you like me. I just want more of that. I want more of that. I want more of that. Oh my goodness. I want more of that. You ever ask your, you ask yourself this question? How, how come I don't experience more of that? Have you ever just asked yourself, like, we believe here at Faith that the Bible is the inspired word of God. So the things captured here for us are infallible truths. For here at Faith, this word, this Bible, this book is God's infallible word. It's just the way, so, so for us, for here at this church, right here, faith, I can only speak for Faith Church, 1320 East Strub Road. But for us right here, if it is contained in the scriptures, therefore it is true. That's just the way we roll. That's the way we operate. That's the decisions we made. And if you want to have more conversations about it, we can. I'm happy to sit down and grab some coffee or some lunch and talk through it all. doesn't bother me. I'm good with it. But for us, that's what we believe, that this Bible is true. So if this Bible is true and the two verses that I just quoted are true, have you ever asked yourself, how come we don't experience more of that? Right? Like, yet, yeah. could you picture God's overwhelming joy and peace in every decision, circumstance, and moment of your life. And we get to the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 6. And we're going to work in verse 19. And it reads like this. Jesus says, don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. But store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. For wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. And I will talk about that later. Verse 24, no one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Now, again, when we look at this here, this portion of Scripture, what a powerful portion of Scripture. You've heard me say some of these things. Mandy says, uh, I have some soapbox uh, verses, uh, and one of them is here. You've heard me talk about it before, uh, that where your treasure is, your heart will also be. And you've heard me talk about how that verse is prophetic, right? I'm going to talk about that a little bit more, but not too much because you hear me. It's one of my soapbox, my, it's one of my soapbox, soapbox, uh, I stand on that one often and just, I'll talk about that one a lot, right? Uh, so that's one of my, one of my verses. So I'm so glad I got assigned this portion, uh, because this is one of my, my verses. But, but I want to, I want to walk through this. Let's, let's look at treasure here. Don't, don't store up your treasures on earth, but store your treasures in heaven. Treasure is very simply what you think it would be. There's no, there's no difficult translations here. There's no hidden meaning. It is treasure. It's, it is the things that, that matter to you. It's where you would store your treasures. It's the things that you put in the safe in your house. It's the, your treasures. It is what it is. It means what it means. It is your treasure, the things you value, right? The things, you know, it's a, it's precious. What's precious to you. It's a, it's a treasure. It's a, it's a deposit. It's your heart. When you talk about uh, here, when it's talking about these verses that um, when you talk about hearts here, you know, the, the heart is really what we understand again, this regard as the seat of feeling. We talk about your heart will also be, it's, it's the soul part of your body. 
Okay, so there's no, there's no tricky translations here. There's no, there's no dig real, real deep and uncover the truths. But there's a fantastic principle here that we can't miss. And really what this comes down to is what I would like to say for us, um, if we captured it, it's about priority and focus. So if we're just going to speak plainly here today. It's about priority and focus. I was sitting here as I was preparing and I was thinking, what are some activities uh, in our lives that require uh, an, an incredible amount of focus? You know, and it was funny. I was doing some searching. I'm like, you know, so I'm, I'm Googling things like, you know, activities that require extreme focus. And, and, you know, I'm reading these articles and it's saying things like reading. I'm like, come on. For real, reading. Like, I need something more than that, right? But then I'm thinking about it, like reading. How many of you have ever been reading and you're reading something and it, it triggers a thought and like three pages later, you have no clue what you just read, right? How many, come on, I know I've done it. I've done it many times, which is why I like to listen. <laughs> you know, I like to listen to books because it helps me to focus. So yeah, then I'm thinking about, I'm like, oh my goodness, yes, reading does require a lot of focus. You know, and most activities in life require so much focus. But so the Google searches didn't help me at all. So I just started dreaming a little bit. I'm like, what are the things that require an incredible amount of focus? And, I'm, and I start thinking of things like the circus, like trapeze. And I'm like, you know what? That's one. For real, it wasn't on any Googled list, but I'm going to write a new list so that Google can find it. Like, I'm telling you. Like they're, they're, like if you like if you're on the trapeze, if you're the person connected to it, that's that's the I would guess the safer place. The person that's flipping through the air, you're hoping that the other purpose person is focused, right? You're hoping if it's like a three ring circus, and I don't know how it rolls anymore, uh, but if it's like a three ring circus and there's a trapeze on one and then there's lions on the other one, like I don't know, I don't know if that works that way, but let's just assume that it does. You're hoping that the person whose knees are connected to that thing swinging through the air as you're flipping, that they're not watching the lions. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I, I mean, but I'm thinking if, if I'm flipping through the air, you better be focused on me. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, or, or I'm thinking of, you know, uh, I'm thinking of, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, a tightrope walker. You've seen these people, right? I can barely stand here like this. I feel like I'm going to fall over. Now it's because I don't have the big pole, probably. I don't know. But could you imagine that? Reminds me of Pastor Heiser's sermon illustration he uses all the time about the guy going over Niagara Falls. Is that what it is? With the wheelbarrow? You know, you've heard Pastor Heiser, if you've been to, he'll use this illustration about a guy walking across a tightrope across Niagara Falls and with a wheelbarrow. And he'll do it, and they're like, oh, yeah. And then he's like, who wants to get in the wheelbarrow? <laughs> Nobody does, right? So it's a great illustration. He does it way better. I don't want to take the time today. But, but you could imagine, if you were in the wheelbarrow, you're like, bro, you better be focused. <laughs> like, game face right now. Like, zero in. Like, right now, there is nothing going on in your world, in your life. There's no drama back home. There's nothing but me, this wheelbarrow, and that rope. That's all you care about for the next however long. Hopefully it's like seven seconds, right? But think about focus. There are so many things in our life that require an incredible amount of focus. Cooking requires focus. That's why I don't do it. <laughs> I'm kidding, but... But I mean, there's certain things like if you accidentally slip up and you salt instead of sugar or sugar instead of salt, that's not going to be good. Maybe, maybe you'll stumble upon. Who knows? Who knows? I don't know. You know, maybe you should go home today and cook something in a skillet, close your eyes, reach into the, um, what do you call it? Spice rack cabinet and grab three things. Don't look at it. Just shake it over the skillet, put it back and then eat it. See what happens. Well, no, put it this way, because if you, if you stumble upon something fantastic, you're going to want to know what you did, you know. But my, my point is, there are things in our life, regular life, that needs focus, requires focus. It's about priority and focus in our life. You know, this applies also not just to the things we do, not just to our job, not just to driving, right? Like, 
it applies to us spiritually as well. It's about priority and focus. Priority and focus. Priority and focus. Focus. This, this scripture talks about priority and focus. I'm going to read it to you again. I'm going I'm to pause through a couple of these things. It says, don't store up your treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them, where thieves break in and steal, but store your treasures in heaven. So that portion, don't store up your treasures here on earth, but store your treasures in heaven. Why? Because your treasures in heaven are eternal. So what does God want you to focus on? Heaven. Because again, follow, follow, uh, we won't get there yet. I'm going to get to it in a second. All right. So and then it says, um, for wherever your treasure is, the other desire, desires of your heart will also be. So let me say this a different way. Wherever your treasure is, there your focus will be. You know, you can see this all the time. Like, uh, like if, if I was, if, if I had two pieces of candy in my hand, two different flavors of candy in my hand, and I, and I don't care which one I get, I'm going to give one to one of my kids. And I say, yeah, I say, hey, you can have either one. You, you pick. And they say, oh, dad, I don't care. And I say, well, I don't care. You pick. Let me tell you, I will be able to determine which one they want by the one they're staring at. I don't care. Right? That's just what happens is the things you want, you, you focus on. It's just, so, so this, where your treasure will be, there the desires of your heart will be. Let me say it this way. Where your treasure is, there your focus will also be. Now check this. Your eye is a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is good, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is bad, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. Now, again, it's not necessarily talking about your eye, physical eye, but the, your heart's eye, the things you focus on. So what is the, what Jesus is teaching us is this process. There's a, there's a process that the things you focus on, Right? Determine where your heart is. And where your heart is determines your future. Right? So don't miss this. He's saying, listen, your eye, when it's focused on the good, your body is filled with light. But when it's not focused on the right things, it's darkness. Now, here's this verse. But if the, the light you have is actually darkness, here's what that is. When people think, oh, I, I, you know, I'm good. I'm focused on the right things, but you're really not. It's when we say our priorities are one thing and live our lives a different way. Now, I don't want to go too far on this because I don't have time today, but I could. It's these things where, you know, I could, I could throw down. I could tell you right now what your top priorities are. You want to know why, how I know? I look at two things in your life, your time and your money. And I will tell you what your top priorities are. You could tell me all day long that God is your number one priority. How much time you spend with him? And are you obedient in your tithes and offerings? Do you give to missions? Are you, sacrifice, are you generous in general? I'm sorry. It's a whole other sermon, but that's scriptural. Right? Oh, God, yeah, God is number one. How much time do you spend with him? Move on, move on, move on. <laughs> right? You could say all day long, my family is my top priority. How much time you spend with them? Fathers, mothers. Oh, my marriage is number one in my life. How much time do you spend with your spouse? How much focus do you have on your spouse? I'm telling you, we could say one thing, but our life reveals the other. You know what it doesn't say here? It doesn't say your words determine your future. But that'd be awesome if it did, wouldn't it? I mean, that would be like, you just speak things into existence. That'd be fantastic. Well, unfortunately, that's not real. That's not happening. That's not what scripture says. The scripture says your heart will determine your future. And what determines your heart? It's your eyes. It's your focus, the things you desire, the things you treasure.
And so Jesus is actually giving us the pathway, the understanding of how do you live an abundant life? How do you live a life to where you experience God's joy and his peace in every circumstance and in every decision and in every moment of your life? How do I do that? It's about your focus and your priorities. If you want to experience more of God, you've got to focus on God. So there's a problem when people say, oh, yeah, I'm focused on God, but you're really not. And then you get to this last verse here where it says, you know, no one can serve two masters for you will hate one and love the other. You'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Here's what that means. At some point, you can't be both because there will come a moment when conflict arises and you're going to have to choose one. And your heart will determine what you choose. So picture this. Picture experiencing God's overwhelming joy and peace in every decision, in every circumstances, every situation, in every moment of your life. Picture that. And God says, you want to know how to, how to get there? Right here. Don't store up your treasures here on earth because the earthly things that bring you the anxiety, it's the earthly things that bring you the struggles but put your focus on the things of God. Let me walk you through this here real quick. If, if I have an issue in my life, and, and I'm just going to use something very simple. I needed something I could put in my hands. So I'm going to use my sunglasses here. If I have an issue in my life, and these sunglasses represent that issue, and it's just one thing, and it's over here, I see it. I see it. It's there. But my focus, and I'm going to use the, on the cross. My focus is on the cross. Right? Let me, I don't want to turn my back to you, so I apologize. But so I'm going to try to, I don't know how to do this. <laughs> Can we put the crosses back there for a minute? No, I'm kidding. Um, but it, but I, it's there. It's existent. I see it. But my focus is here. I, I, it's, it's small. But what happens in our life when we focus on it, and when we focus on it, it consumes us. So what happens to our mind's eye or our heart? What happens is we continue to focus and it becomes to get closer and closer and bigger and bigger and bigger. Before too long, it now clouds everything that I see. I'm looking at the cross through this lens of the problem or the struggle. This has the priority. So then what happens in our lives is we then begin to doubt. Well, I believe that God can heal, but I believe that God can provide, but my back really hurts. Right, Robin? Right? Oh, but I believe, but oh, and, and all the time. So what the reality is, the decision that we make, the way this works, the priority and the focus of our life, it really comes down to this perspective that the closer we get to something, the more it consumes us. I say that about sin. Our sin tendencies, the mistakes that every person in this room and everyone watching online has. Every human being that has breath in their lungs has sin tendencies and struggles. Deal with it. It is what it is. The problem is we spend so much energy and time on it that it consumes us. No wonder that's all we can think about. Stop giving it so much presence in your life. Focus on Jesus. Store up your treasures on earth. Uh, whoa. Don't store up your treasures on earth. Store up your treasures in heaven. See, you're paying attention. Thank you. I'm so thankful for a congregation that listens. And catch me when I'm slipping. You know, like, hey, it's good. You guys are my checks and balances here. I love it. I have a theologian group right here that is evaluating every word I say. It's all good. You can text me at 419-664-4555. I'm not giving you the other one. That was on Father's Day. If you weren't here, too bad. <laughs> but, 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 but it's about your focus. And if our focus are on the things of God, if we allow God, 
Lord, presence in our life. If we will store up our, tre- our treasure, if our treasure is in the spiritual godly things, then the worldly things will have less control over our lives. And what will happen is we'll begin to see everything in this world through the lens of heaven. And we will be consumed by God's presence. And what will happen then is God will slowly begin to transform our hearts and our mind. And as God transforms our heart and our mind, and it's the walk we walk to find and follow Jesus, as we continue to find and follow Jesus, we do this more and more and more. The things of this world will have less control over our lives, and we will be more and more consumed by who God is, God's goodness and his presence, and the anxieties and the fears of this world will slowly drift away, and we'll experience God's presence. Now, let me just tell you something. It doesn't always mean it's going to be easy. I mean, I just, if I wanted to really mess with your world today, let's do it. Let's go to First Chronicles. Did I do that? I did this at prayer a couple weeks ago. Let's go to First Chronicles chapter 7. Come on, you know this one. I don't have it. Nobody, it's not in my notes. So um, they don't have it on the, on the screen. I mean, that's it, First Chronicles, Second Chronicles. See, it's not my notes. Second Chronicles, chapter seven. Here's what happens. Second Chronicles, chapter seven. Here's what's happening. Uh, Solomon just finished the temple, right? The place where they're going to worship God. And here's here's the verse that we quote all the time, all the time. You ready for this one? This is the verse we quote. Second Chronicles seven fourteen. Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. And listen, and the church goes, yeah, let's go. But we just read verse 14. I love verse 14 too, but I like context better. Let's rewind. Let's go back. To, to verse 11 through 14. Verse 11, so Solomon finished the temple of the Lord as well as the royal palace. He completed everything he had planned to do in the construction of the temple and the palace. Then one night, the Lord appeared to Solomon and said, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this temple as the place for making sacrifices. Now listen to verse 13 and listen closely. At times... I might shut up the heavens so that no rain falls or command grasshoppers to devour your crops or send plagues among you. Now, hold on, time out. That ain't right. Welcome to faith. We give you the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help me God. Uh, and <laughs> so... Listen, what is that saying? God is saying, hey, listen, just so you know, from time to time, life might get to be tough. And the reality of it is, I might do it. And you go, man, that ain't fair. Hold on, that ain't fair. No, it's perspective. It's about focus. It's about trust. It's about dependence. See, what happens, especially in America, because we're so resourceful, our dependence on God is limited because we have so many resources, right? Like, man, goodness gracious. If I need something, I go to the store and buy it, right? Like if I'm sitting on my couch and I want some ice cream, <laughs> it's a really bad example, but I'm gonna use it. <laughs> and I'm gonna have the worship team come on up as we get ready to close this thing. But if I have some ice cream and I want some ice cream, I go to, I, I, I go to Cobb's. And get some ice cream. I like toss. I toss too. Yep. You know, what's your favorite ice cream place? Tell me. Yep. They're good. Okay. Awesome. Um, I personally, I love toss. I do. I, I shouldn't have done that. Cause now I've, if you own an ice cream place in here, please text me 419-664-4555. I will go there this week and buy ice cream. I promise. Uh, Cause I like ice cream. My point is in America, we have, we, 
Our dependence on God is limited. So some, from time to time, God is saying, hey, listen, you've done this, it's awesome. You can worship me here, that's awesome. I just want you to know that, listen, from time to time, it may get tough on you because what God is going to do is test the initial reaction of our heart. God is gonna test us to see if we're fully devoted on him or we're just living easy in his blessings. We're just cruising in God's blessings, man. God is good and it is good. Every once in a while it gets hard. And so when it gets hard, what's going to happen is God is going to test our response. And then he says, but listen, when I do this, then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, forgive their sins and restore their land. So he just talked about making it difficult, but he just, in a minute, he says, I'll restore it. I'll give it to you. But here's what's going to happen. You're going to have to choose me. God says, I'll restore it. I'll forgive you. I'll pour it out on you. But you have to choose me. It's the same, it's the same principle here in this verse. And what Jesus is saying is, listen, your eye, your heart's eye, what you focus on will consume you. And Jesus is saying, focus on the things of God. Focus on heaven, the things of heaven. Put your treasures in heaven. Why? Because your heart will follow that. And how do you instruct your heart? It's by the things you focus on your eye. If it's full of, if it's good, it'll be full of light. And the things of heaven will invade your heart. And it's perspective. Your focus determines your path and your path determines your experiences. You want to experience more of God? Where's your focus? You want to experience more of his goodness? Where's your focus? Your, your, your focus determines the path you walk. There's so many scriptures I could read on this one. I, I, I don't have time. Your focus determines your path. Your path determines your experiences. If you want to experience God, where's your focus? Here's what I want. Ponder this with me. Here's your question for this week. Here's things to wrestle with and pray over. What things in my life steal my focus and distract me from finding and following Jesus in every area of my life? There are things that steal our focus. They become priorities. And I'm not saying they're not important. Don't get me wrong. I'm not diminishing the responsibilities of our life. You know me. I'm a responsibility kind of guy. It's another one of my soapboxes. But the reality is, every responsibility we walk through, we look at through the lens of the gospel. We don't look at the gospel through the lens of circumstance. It's priority. So what things in your life have stolen your focus? What things in your life have, have, have distracted you from seeking God first? The setup for next week. What things in your life have pulled you away from allowing God to finding Jesus in every situation, in every circumstance, in every decision, finding him? What things have distracted you from finding Jesus and then following him? You know, if we could stand and we get ready to close here today. This is, if you've ever asked the question, how come I don't experience more of God's joy and peace? Or if you've ever wrestled with those things privately, I think the question I just gave you is the next question to ask yourself. And then, then begin to take, take an audit of your life. Like just be very practical about it and say, do, do I spend time in God's word? Yes or no? Do, do I, do I make, and again, I, it's not about, this is not for me, it's for you. Do I make Sunday morning a priority? Is it a priority? Why? Because you'll experience God in a different way here than you will at home. There's something about being in the room. It's the way God made us for community. Ask yourself these questions. What are the things that you need to put less focus on in your life and focus more on God? 
or at least put God in between you and that thing. To find God in the midst of that circumstance. Don't just respond, but to find God in the midst of that responsibility and to follow God through that situation or that decision, right? And when you follow God through it, God's presence in our life, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience. Yes, I want more of all that. And I know you do too. So what things in our life? Maybe right now in this moment, there's some things you know what they are. I want to encourage you, if that's you, to uh, take some time specifically while they're singing to pray. Whether you come down to the altar, the altar, really a place of sacrifice, you know, to just come down here and pray. Say, God, I give this to you. Or help me, help me to put it in right perspective. Right? Maybe maybe you're here today and you just need God. You've, you've been wrestling, you've been searching, and oh, you came to church today because you said, oh, I just, oh. I just, I don't know. You know, to, in this moment, just take a, take some time to pray, to ask God in your heart, to surrender your life. God, come into my heart. Help me to know you more. If you cry out to him, he will respond to you. You know, whatever you need in these moments, I encourage you to seek God as the worship team prays. We're going to have, or sings, we're going to have some, some people that will come up and pray with you, some, uh, some leaders here that will be willing to pray for you if you need prayer. But, Really, I want you to wrestle with that question. What are the things that have distracted you from the priority of Jesus in your life? And how do we put them in right perspective and focus on the right things? As I pray, I'll come up and close here in a second. Let's just spend some time in God's presence and listen to his voice. Father, today we thank you for your goodness and for your grace. Lord, speak to us. Help us to know you more. Help us to find you and follow you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. We hope that God spoke to you through today's message. If you want to know more about Faith Church, text CONNECT to 419-664-4555. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Thanks for listening, and may you find and follow Jesus in all you do.